Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential, where this month we count down the different ways we can leave 2020 behind and at least start out with some things that we feel we can control for 2021 and beyond. And my guest today is Tracy Bissett. And we have, there's quite a few exciting things about her um, bio that I want to hit. First of all, she's president and chief financial fitness trainer of Bissett Financial Fitness, Inc. And so obviously, you know, she's going to talk money with us, which we all love to talk about. But here's where, her, where she really differentiates herself. She educates and empowers entrepreneurs to take control of and live their financial lives with confidence. And I'll tell you, after this year, we know that we could all use some lessons in that what, what, wherever we are. She's a former executive from TD Bank, which strangely enough is my bank. Love it. One of Canada's big five banks. And she's worked with and in support of thousands of entrepreneurs, not only to secure the financial funding that they need to grow their business, but also helping them understand, you know, like she talks about all things money. And this is really important because as we all know, it's not just about getting money or making money. It's about what you do with the money, how you control the money and what your psyche is regarding your money. (laughs) She's also executive producer and host of the Young Money Podcast, which focused on increasing financial fitness, especially in uh, in our youth, which is great, or young money, just whenever. I don't know. I'm young. I, I like young money. I like old money. <laughs> it makes me, makes me think of a, of, a, of a movie called The Jerk. Um, and I want to hit this too. She was recently named a finalist for the IFSE Institute Award for Financial Liter- Literacy Champion through the Wealth I always, I haven't had enough coffee. Wealth Professional Awards in 2020 and a Worldwide Finance Awards 2020 winner. So a lot behind her. So first of all, Tracy, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you, Michael. It's my uh, pleasure to be here and I'm excited to talk all things money with you. Excellent. You know, I love it when I'm reading people's bios because, you know, sometimes there's a lot in there and I'm like, okay, I got to make something that's, you know, good out of this. And yours had just so many hot points and bullet points that I know it's a really perfect fit for my audience. So tell us a little more though about you, yourself, your business, and how you help people to shock their potential. Absolutely. So I'm in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. That's where I'm coming to you from. And uh, in 2016, I started my business and really with the goal of creating a business which 
had all of the things that I like to do because I was many, many years at the bank. And so I liked teaching people. I loved working with entrepreneurs. Um, I had seen so many things either directly or as when I was approving loans um, that business owners were doing and I missed dealing with them directly. And that really led me to want to um, take the mystery out of money. And so what I do, it's not consulting, it's coaching. And I'm actually transferring knowledge that I have to them uh, so that they have new skills and tools to use once we're done working together. And uh, really, um, my privilege to do it, it's um, so satisfying when you see some of the light bulbs go off and some of that <laughs> um, tension and apprehension and worry just disappears. And you can physically, uh, I can visibly see the physical changes uh, once people are feeling a little bit more confident with the numbers. I love that. I love how you say you take the mystery out of money. And, um, you know, I think we all kind of have a love-hate relationship. <laughs> we love to have it. We hate it when we don't have enough. And even if you do have some, you're worried about what's going to happen with it. And I, I have found personally that just talking more about it doesn't mean that all those things go away, but it does make it easier to, um, to figure out, you know, what the role it plays in your life. So I love that you do this, uh, especially with entrepreneurs and, and, you know, when you see them, you know, what are some of the things you said, it's so satisfying when the light bulbs go off or, you know, when they finally, you know, kind of feel like they've got some control over the emotional, you know, portion of that, you know, give me, what are some examples? How do you see people really like coming into their own in terms of their financial mindset? So business owners start their company because they're passionate about the product or service they deliver. They're experts at that. Um, but in the majority of cases, they haven't had any financial training. So it's like when I started my business, I was an expert at a couple things at the bank. And then I had to start wearing 50 hats and I didn't know about websites and social media and necessarily sales to the clients I wanted to do. And, and so just keeping that in mind, number one, that there, there shouldn't be an expectation that you're going to know. So that, that breaks down some of that shame and embarrassment about not knowing, because how would you know? Um, mm -hmm. Even you usually go to school for your craft. And so you're not learning about the numbers. Um, the thing that I like to do very much at the outset is build on the positives. And so if someone's been in business for more than three to six months, they know how to manage cash flow. And that's money coming into your business, money going out, the cycle that it happens, the timing. And they may not talk about it like I do. They may not do it efficiently. But if you're around and your company's still going, you know how to do it. Because uh, most business owners will tell me as soon as we start working together, I don't know anything about this. <laughs> oh, well, interesting. You've been in business for three years, have you? Yes. Well, you know how to manage cash flow because whether you're paying your suppliers, you're paying your employees, you're, you're piecing that stuff together and managing the timing, you do know how to do it. Uh, so mm -hmm. I like to start there and financial fitness for me is all about a journey and we start with the positive. Uh, from there, it's really um, getting people to open their minds and usually clients who come to work with me, I like to say they come because they want to increase their financial acumen and that's the impetus that, that does it, but it's usually they're at some kind of critical juncture where things are not going well. They're, they're stressed about making payroll. They're stressed about paying their suppliers. If you have mm -hmm. a physical inventory kind of business, um, that outlay of cash you've got to do before you sell anything. And so uh, some of the common things I see are, I'm just going to work hard. I'll sell stuff and hope it works out. So that's mm -hmm. one of the common, common things I see. The second is a complete delegation of that financial part to their bookkeeper or accountant. And those people do what you direct them to do. So they don't know your goals of the business. They don't know how your business operates. And so you still need to be accountable for that. 
financial portion. And it doesn't mean you need to do it alone. You certainly get professional assistance, but you are in charge of this. And a big part of being in charge of it is not being afraid to ask questions. Mm -hmm. And so one of the first things I start to see is when I'm, I'm starting to get all those questions back from clients, that's already a step in the, in the forward direction to me. Because a lot of times when you're starting out, you don't even know what to ask. So having that confidence to ask questions and put yourself out there, maybe seem a little bit silly to yourself. Uh, Cause I don't think there's any silly questions. If you don't understand, you need to ask. So once yeah. I start hearing those questions and then knowing that it's normal, that once you get the answer to those five, you're probably going to have 10 more. And that's right. the way it works because we're building kind of like a foundation to a house. We have to start with where we are and we're going to keep building, but we can't learn everything overnight. So having that curiosity, being willing to take accountability for that portion of your business um, really leads to the success. And it's a, an ongoing journey, as I said. I love it how you said when they start asking questions, it's a step in the right direction. And that's, um, you know, thinking about, you know, like my husband and I and, and, you know, how many years I just was like, okay, you meet with the financial planner. Like, yeah. I trust you, which was really um, code for, I don't know what to do or say anyway, so I just don't want to be there and be embarrassed. Yeah. And, you know, he just kind of kept pushing me. He's like, you need to be there. And it really was, it, it was very empowering the first time I was like, okay, so I'm going to ask a question that I know both of these people know, and I don't. And when I didn't, you know, get mocked or criticized for it, which I knew I wouldn't, yeah. you know, but, but, you know, there's always that, that little part in the back of your brain. And once I did, you're absolutely right. Then I was like, wait, I have another question. Mm -hmm. Wait, I have another question. Kind of unlocked and, the vault of questions at that point. Yeah. And then it was freeing. And so then when I, you know, so now when we meet, I have, you know, I have some questions. I might not have a lot, but uh, whatever ones I have are ones that I, you know, that it's because I know at least one more thing, or I thought about it, it didn't still make sense fully, and I wanted to go back and revisit it. And all those things are foundation pieces. I love your analogy to a house. And um, particularly with women, that is a common thing. Uh, they're going to leave it to their spouse to uh, mm -hmm. take care of those financial aspects. And we know that women live longer than men and you're going to have to do it, <laughs> but you should be learning about it, equal partnership around it um, so that you're making sure because you've, you've agreed with your goals, um, with your spouse, you're moving towards them, but you should be as informed as they are. And it should be a, a partnership to tackle that. Uh, same things comes to businesses. Women are tend to be prior around um, taking that step to kind of tackle the money piece. And we know because um, of the stats that are out there, it is harder for women business owners to get access to funding. So we've mm -hmm. got to open the dialogue more. We've got to create more opportunities to have the education as well as then that will lead to more funding opportunities. And uh, there's a lot of people doing work on, on all sides of that and uh, increasing funding sources is a, is a big thing as well. You know, just because you brought that up, I, I'm kind of curious about that. And, and I've heard that many times before. I've, I've always self-funded my businesses, so I've never sought outside um, investment or, or, you know, loans or anything. So can you just talk a little bit about how difficult it is and why do you think it's difficult that women um, business owners uh, can't access funds as easily? Uh, I think it comes down to their presentation sometimes mm -hmm. um, and um, not going in prepared, not going in knowledgeable about the numbers. Uh, I encourage anyone who is starting a business to actually secure credit immediately. 
and this is my former banker hat talking. Um, and when you first get that credit, whether it's a credit card, a line of credit, an overdraft, what you're really doing is starting to generate that credit history for the company. So when you get those first credit cards or overdrafts, it's based on your personal credit score. So understanding that those two pieces mix. Uh, and then over time, as your company grows, you'll be able to increase the credit within the company. And at some point, the reputation of the company takes over from the credit reputation of the individual. So a lot of entrepreneurs will wait until their company gets bigger to go and get that first access to credit. But now we're mm -hmm. still at the same place. You haven't developed that credit history. So oh, yeah. start get small credit when you're small, have it increase when you get bigger. Um, mm -hmm. The other thing is absolutely having import, uh, financial statements in place um, mm -hmm. from an accountant is, is important. Yeah, uh, even if they're true. just uh, basic prepared notice to reader, which means they haven't vetted them, um, but having that credibility. And especially if you've had challenges in your business in the past, being able to talk about it. Uh, yeah, I had a bad year and this is what happened. And now I've learned this. And so I know if I get in that situation again, I won't be uh, making those same decisions. I'm going to be doing this. Bankers don't expect you to be perfect. Uh, they're trying to assess your credibility as a, an operator. And so yep. showing that you've learned, showing that you have plans uh, is really important towards building that credibility. Like uh, the other thing, the other thing that exists, I mean, as you pointed out about the, the funding for women, um, there are still some doors that are closed. And so we need to make change so that um, women are being equally recognized for their contributions to entrepreneurship in the world as men. Yeah, lovely. Um, and I, I, I love, you know, the comment about, you know, basically don't try and make it too rosy. Because you don't want to be too doomsday, but you also don't want to say, hey, it's perfect. It's wonderful. Oh, you know, whatever. It's, it's uh, business is business. Factual. It's not a, yeah, it's not a, yeah, it's factual. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's just tell the truth about what's going on. We, we don't want to be best friends with our lender, but we do right. want to have a professional relationship. They're part of our team. They're how we make our business go. Um, so when I started mine, I immediately went out and got a small overdraft, a credit card. Um, mm -hmm. I don't use them to any major extent, but I want to have that preparation in place. So as I grow, I'll have the ability to access them. Excellent. Wonderful. So, you know, all month long, we are trying to help people to prepare. And, you know, I know it's, it's kind of symbolic, uh, you know, at the end of the year, we're like wrapping things up. We have no idea what 2021 has in store for any of us, nor do we ever, but, you know, definitely given what we've had this year, but I really want to make people feel, my listeners feel like there are some things you can do to take some control and to feel like you've got some things, you know, in your world that you've got your thumb on at least. Um, because as we go into this next world, next year, again, it's just a symbolic date on the calendar, but I think, you know, mentally we, we like fresh starts. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm asking all my guests this month, you know, to share, you know, top tips for helping people truly leave 2020 behind and start out the best they can for 2021. So regardless of what happens, they have, they have good steps in place. So, you know, what do you have to share with my listeners? So I would encourage all of the listeners uh, who are tuning in to make 2021 the year you, you take control of your financial situation. And that mm -hmm. is my wish for you. On the personal side, that means uh, looking at all of your expenses, looking at your income, um, checking on the actual numbers. So actually looking at that and maybe your income is down because of things that have happened in 2020 and maybe your expenses are up. Maybe you're trying to sort through things. 
but we can't solve any problems unless we know the facts. So let's start mm -hmm. with evaluating exactly where we are so we're not making up what if stories in our minds and extra worries is usually what happens. Um, mm -hmm. Once you do that, you can see, am I gonna have to make some other plans in 2021 to hit the goals that I have in my mind? Do I have to reset some of my goals? If one of my goals was home ownership, is that still within reach within the same time frame, or do I need to adjust? And mm -hmm. so thinking about your goals, do you need to reset plans or timing? Do you have some new goals because maybe your priorities changed as a result of 2020? Um, so think through that and then work through plans. Um, again, you don't need to do it alone personally. Seek out the advice of a financial planner. And the other piece I would say that's extremely important is if you don't have your wills and your power of attorneys in place. So powers of attorney give someone permission to speak for you when you can't. And there's a financial mm -hmm. one and a health one. Um, we certainly know there's lots of uncertainty. So if you don't have those things in order, that is a really easy one to tackle. And you can take control then because you know, if you pass away, or if you can't speak for yourself anymore, somebody knows what to do. And they know your wishes. That's really important. And I know that anytime in life, we should have those things in order. My mm -hmm. husband and I have been working on our, um, you know, our trust uh, for a while. We haven't gotten it finished. So now I'm like, okay, we better get this <laughs> done. It's time to get it done. But I think, you know, given a, a global pandemic, uh, I think people are more at least considering of these things. But I think it's still daunting to a lot of people. I mean, for us, the only part that's daunting is sitting down long enough to finish all the damn paperwork. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of people um, who maybe really haven't worked with a financial planner or who aren't, you know, sure where to start on some of these things like a will or a power of attorney mm -hmm. or, you know, have advanced directives and those types of things. So if there's somebody listening who's a little nervous about, you know, how to get started on that, what, what's your advice for them? Uh, so think of it like dating is what you need to do. So you need to interview a financial planner. And so you probably want to meet with a couple of them because like you said, when you were nervous going and asking questions, it's not that anyone made you feel that way, uh, but you want to make sure that you're going to be compatible, that you feel comfortable asking questions, that they speak in a language that you understand. Uh, and there's such a range out there of planners that you want to do that testing and it's appropriate to interview them uh, getting referrals from friends or family uh, other professionals that you know is also a very good thing um, if you're dealing with professionals in your business they're going to know you already so they can probably recommend someone that they know is a good fit and um, sometimes you might pay a little bit more for someone who's a better fit um, because they may have more experience and it is worth it um, because you're not going to be spending every day with them uh, certainly right. on the wills and power of attorney, uh, finding that right lawyer, that's, that's going to be a short experience. But now you're going to mm -hmm. have all of this protection. So getting it done right in a way that you feel comfortable is super important. Uh, same thing on the, the business side. If you're looking for a bookkeeper, accountant, again, ask for referrals, interview them. Uh, make sure that you're comfortable because that's the real key to all of this financial stuff is if you don't feel comfortable, you're not going to make the strides that you need to. So true. And I, it's so funny you bring this up because our, our financial planner just left our company, you know, the company that we've been working with. And it was like being broken up with, you know, we just got this, you know, and, and he's, you know, I mean, he's clearly, you know, followed, um, you know, non-compete, non-solicitation, all those things. He's been very extremely respectful. I like stalked him and found him on LinkedIn. I'm like, how could you leave without telling us? Okay. I know the answer to that, but you know, and it's like this breakup. So my husband just came to me yesterday and said, okay, well, we're meeting our new guy on Tuesday. 
And I'm like, I don't want to meet a new guy. I like I our guy. <laughs> and, and in it, the future, you can probably still go with your old guy if you want to once uh, that, that time period has passed. But you might find that you like the new one better. Yeah. Well, and know. that's the thing. You know, my theory is, you know, then we make some investments with our old guy, but we keep things here and we see, because, you know, it's more than just, you know, the one mm -hmm. financial advisor. It's, you know, the whole team and how that company uh, produces for you. But it really is interesting because it's like this sense of, oh my gosh, it's, we're starting all over again. What if we don't like him? What if we do like him? What if we do like him better than our other guy? You know, are we cheating on our first guy? Like, <laughs> Yeah, money is money is emotional, and um, a yeah. lot of people forget that. Um, but you form your views around money when you're a young child, like five, mm -hmm. six years old. Uh, I've once had a five-year-old. I was volunteering through like the Girl Guide program, and she told me money was evil. So imagine what goes on in a five-year-old's house that allows her and led her to the belief that money was evil. There's probably wow. yelling or crying or door slamming or collection calls or all yeah. kinds of things. And you carry that with you your whole life. If you don't ever spend time working on your thought process around money, you're, you're going to have these gut reactions every time something comes up that's a trigger for you that reminds you of that kind of situation. Um, so it's important to understand what your thoughts are about money and just observe them for a while. And then if you don't like them, you can certainly make some change. And that's about implementing new routines thinking about things different ways, but it does take time. It's like any new habit you're going to start. Yeah. I, I love that. You know, um, I had somebody else, we were talking about a different kind of realm of finance the other day. And I was sharing a story that, um, you know, my husband and I, when we, um, when we first started, when we were dating and it was getting more serious, you know, he's like, okay, let's have a financial review. And I was like, what, what do you yeah. mean? What do you mean? We're going to have a financial review. And I was terrified. And he's like, once a quarter, I like to sit down, review everything, see what's up, see what's down, see if we, you know, are still on the same path. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. What should we do? <laughs> um, and I was, I was so stressed out before we would have these meetings. Cause I was like, you know, this, and I, it's, I'm wondering, the judgment like, where, piece. Yeah. Where did this all come from? Right. You know, within me. And now, you know, nine, 10 years later, you know, he said the other day, we're going to go on a, on a long kind of a road trip here soon. And he's like, you know, I know it's not quite time, but we should do our financial review. And I go, oh my gosh, yes, let's do it before we go. Because, you know, I know I'm like, let's totally do it. Um, and it's so odd to, to go from one to the other, but you, like you said, you have to put different practices in place. You can't just like change your mind overnight. Mm -hmm. You have to do things differently. You have to think about it. You have to be aware of it in order to make those changes. And part of that is practicing. And so for us, when we meet once a quarter now, I'm like, I'm usually like, oh my God, is it time again? And not from like, oh my God, is it time again? It's like, oh my God, really? Okay, cool. What is it? Absolutely. And what's funny is, is the first time we did it after COVID um, had hit, I was really like, oh God, I don't even know that I want to see where our numbers are. I don't, you know, I want to stick my head back in the sand. And it turned out not as bad as I thought, you know, I mean, certainly it's not, you know, what you'd want it to be, but it was not as bad as I thought. And the old me would have just let that go for a long time and been tense about it and assumed mm -hmm. it was horrible. So... Yeah, that's a tendency most um, people have. And uh, the, when you get the facts, they're usually not as bad as the, the misery you've imagined in your mind. Uh, you so put yourself important. through. Yeah. So just like you mentioned, when you came together as a couple, same as if you're coming together with a business partner, you've got to mm -hmm. have those conversations early and often and upfront before you decide, do I want to 
make my life or my business with this person. Because if you have fundamentally different ways of approaching the situations, it's going to have a lot of tension. And money is one of the reasons businesses, um, partners break up, marriages break up. So it's certainly important to devote the time and energy to it. And as I was saying, of getting a handle on your financial situation, looking at your goals, doing the reset, all that applies to businesses too. Um, so yeah. you can do it in your personal life as well as in your business to get really set up for 2021. And when your business partner is also your spouse, there's a lot of landmines there. Just <laughs> going to say. <laughs> That's a whole uh, other show. <laughs> I know. Now that could be a really good show too. <laughs> Tracy, I love it. You've shared such great information. I know we'll have all your contact information in the show notes, but in case somebody's excited, they just want to look you up right now. Where, where do they find you? Well, I do have a gift for everybody who's listening because I know sometimes it's daunting to get started on the money piece. Uh, so mm -hmm. if you head over to cashcoach.biz, you can download a money meeting agenda that you can use mm -hmm. to get yourself started either in your business or even you can use it for your personal life. Um, but it's really uh, just a tool to help you think about what should I even think about? So cashcoach.biz to get that money meeting agenda. And as you said, you guys have a routine, you meet quarterly in your business. I absolutely recommend at minimum monthly maybe you're doing it weekly and just making those new routines. So get it in your calendar. And I'm not talking about a day a week. I'm talking about 30 right. minutes, make it right. manageable, put the attention to it, just like you do with sales um, so that you can keep on top of the financial aspects. Cause that's, what's going to drive your growth um, and your ability to meet your goals. Uh, if anybody wants to reach out with questions or comments, I always love to hear from listeners. Um, best place to find me is on LinkedIn. Uh, so Tracy has an E and Bissett has two S's, two T's. Love it. Thank you. So before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? So I talked about financial fitness being a journey that we're on. We are all starting in different places. We should keep taking imperfect forward action every day. We're going to have some times we step off the path and that's normal. So I want everybody to be kind to themselves when they're going through this, especially if it's a brand new thing for you. Um, nobody's expecting you to learn all this overnight. So give yourself some latitude as long as you're making consistent forward movement on this journey. Uh, you're going to be better off. Your family be better off business as well. Uh, so, so be kind and patient. I love it. And I love the fact that you say make imperfect movement, but make it forward because yeah. it's not about being perfect. It's just about continuing to move forward. Fantastic. Tracy, thank you so much. Incredible information. And it has been a pleasure having you on today. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.